Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 181 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam, and you got it right. I am again joined by the one and only Dave Hogue. David, sir. Esquire, how are you? What does Esquire mean? I don't even know. It sounded good, though, <laughs> until you called me out on it. No, I just didn't know. I, I don't. Like, it's a it's a magazine. Um, <laughs> what else does Esquire mean? Tell me how you're doing while I look that up. I, you know, I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, life is is good, all things considered. So, have nothing to complain about. Uh, well, that's good. According to Google's dictionary, uh, Esquire is a title appended to a lawyer's surname, but historically, it is a young nobleman who, in training for knighthood, act as, acted as an attendant to a knight. So that's, I thought, I know that's a squire. Uh, apparently, it's Esquire. Is Esquire, yes. There's not, is it, are you Esquire? No, I am Esquire. <laughs> And uh, I accidentally also went to Esquire.com, which has, um, uh, oh, what's his face on the cover right now? Hold on. I'm going to look it back up again. Uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man of Spider-Man fame. Currently is the, uh, the cover of Esquire.com, the charm and grit of Tom Holland. Nice. From, from London, England, of all places. Lovely. <laughs> And he's Spider-Man. Indeed. He's pretty funny as Spider-Man. So you're doing all right, man? I am. How about you? Uh, you know, I had a wonderful weekend. Today is, today is Tuesday, February 9th, uh, the year of our Lord, 2021. And I had a very enjoyable weekend. I got to hang out with friends. I got to play games. I got to sleep in. I got to watch Super Bowl and eat lots of yummy food and spend it with people that I really enjoy. And today, David, today, <laughs> I received a package in the mail from Federal Express three days after it was supposed to be delivered, but it's fine. I'm over it. Hey. <laughs> I even had a Nerf War this weekend. How did I forget that? Gosh. We had a Nerf War this weekend. It was glorious. I smoked a bunch of middle schoolers. It was great. I thought they were cool. I got my drone today, Dave. That's exciting. I have been pining for a drone for approximately five years. But they're expensive. And so today, the culmination of five years of patience has paid off, and I now have a Mavic Air 2 drone. And do you know where I flew it for the first time today, Dave? <laughs> Your daughter's bedroom. Yeah, like a true bonehead, <laughs> I decided the maiden voyage of my new, uh, my new Air vehicle would be inside my tiny, 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 tiny house. And um, turns out obstacle avoidance is a real thing, Dave, because I had to turn it off in order to get it out of my daughter's bedroom through the doorway because it got inside the room and it's like too small, can't go anywhere. <laughs> so I had to turn it off and, and manually fly it through the door uh, with, with no safeguards on. And you know what? 
I think I got a few more hairs in my chest because of it, Dave. So I'm not <laughs> nice. mad about it. Nice. But I'm excited to uh, explore a whole new world of aerial photography and videography and explore my city from the air, which is going to be very exciting. That is exciting. You know, I, I truly think drones are going to be one of those things in the next five years that they are going to be everywhere. Oh, yeah. It, 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 the, the ubiquity of drone footage is kind of already close there, like all the stock footage. But like to your point, prices are going to continue to go down. And it's, yeah, it, it's going to be a problem, I think. <laughs> well, it's, and, and I mean, Amazon is going to be, deli- like, people are going to be. Oh, even the drones. package. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking you know, about like people Amazon like me trying to, like, get cool stuff for Instagram. Pizzas being delivered. And uh, I, I mean, I could even see, like, I have this vision of, like, even in law enforcement where, you literally have a drone that follows you everywhere you go. So, so like when instead you're of a body there, cam? Instead of a body cam, you just have a drone that just hovers right behind your head, capturing everything that you do. And Man, I'm, I, I hope we're a ways from that, because that just seems like a waste of money. Because body cams don't have to fly. They're just attached to your vest. Oh, but they're terrible. Like they are not an accurate representation of what you see and what happens. Oh, fair enough. I will trust and you. People, and and people believe every you know if it's not on camera, then you know, and people forget that you know we have what 170 degrees, if not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, and, and 170 degrees of in focus vision at all sorts of distances. Yeah, the, yeah. The cameras do not match the human eye in any way, shape, or form yet. Yeah. So anyway. I just, I, I really do. I think we are going to see them mm-hmm. all over the place on, on doing many different things. Wow. It's going to be a bold future. In we think one... Big Brother's watching now. Just wait. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to go into <laughs> the ads you see on the internet and how freakishly accurate they are. That's a whole other thing. So. It is episode 181. We are going to finish the sixth chapter of Hebrews today, which is exciting. Yes. It's another yes, chapter it in the books, Dave. Yes. Quite literally, another there chapter so in the books. So, where are we starting? Where are we stopping? Uh, verse 13, and we're going to go through 20, which takes us, as you said, to the end. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtain the promise for people swear by something greater than themselves and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation so when god desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his promise he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for god to lie we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us 
We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Well, that's interesting, is it not? It is. And I, I, I just think so much is lost on us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that, I mean, we are definitely not Hebrews and we do not, you know, I, the, I just, I so believe that his audience, this had like it, it, there's clearly something, you know, there's, I, I don't want to sound like we can understand it, but I just don't think it has the gravity that it probably did to his intended audience. That's, I think, very fair uh, to say. I, I, for one can't get over the uh total uh you know humble brag at the very beginning of this where it says <laughs> for god made a promise to abraham since he had no one greater by which to swear he swore by himself oh wait that's right i happen to be the god of all things ever so i'll just swear by myself <laughs> like, <laughs> i know he wasn't that no ridiculous he wasn't a frat guy about it but it is it is a not so subtle way that the author of Hebrews is reminding us that God is the ultimate. God is, there is none above, there is none equal, not even above, but none equal to. Like he stands mm -hmm. alone singularly as the only person occupying his, uh, his, his sector, his level, his, you know, wh however you want to put it, right? He stands, he stands alone. And uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I'd say Dave. Yeah. And it's so like, it just like, as you were saying that it, it, like, it hit me that like, you know, we hold humility as a, as a value, I think in our world. Um, and like, God does not have to do that. Like God doesn't have to be humble. He doesn't have to show humility. And then even as I had that thought, I was like, and yet that's exactly what he was when he, when Jesus took on flesh and lived the life he did. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like it's truly like this kind of like, Oh God, God, you, you know, he can't even be humble because there's no reason for him to be humble. And then it's like, he and finds a way to be humble. You know, it's like, and not that the whole reason Jesus came was to be humble, but, and I don't know if that's making no, sense but, or not, but, but but to that point, if I, sorry, if I can hijack this for a second, like if the one being in the universe who had no cause to be humble could choose voluntarily mm -hmm, exactly. to be humble. Yes. Well said. I mean, come on. <laughs> like where, where, where do we have a single inch of footing? in being prideful or egocentric or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yet every single day, what's best for me, Dave, how do I get what I want? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Man. <laughs> hmm. I was not expecting that. Mm -mm. Nope. And then, okay, so there's 
there's the fact that God swears by himself. Like, okay, we've acknowledged that's funny, right? Mm-hmm. But what does he do when he swears by himself? Does he, he pump blesses. it? Does, he blesses <laughs> us! <laughs> yes, and multiply. And speak, specifically Abraham. He blesses the people, he blesses the man that he is going to turn into his people, his chosen family, his chosen group, the very people that he is going to put his presence with on earth. So when he's, we can joke about him, you know, like a humble brag, whatever, but what, when he, when he invokes his own name as the highest authority by which to swear something, what does he do? He blesses the very people that he has created who have sinned against him. So even in his calling out his glory and his omnipotence and all of the things that separate him from us, even in doing that, he's still saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. He is giving the benefit of his power and his glory to his people, which to your point, is the definition of humility, the power. It's not about me. It is not. I mean, Oh my gosh. And then it goes on to say, and thus Abraham having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And we can obviously understand that Abraham didn't only patiently wait. He also had a son via the concubine. So he was doing more than just waiting patiently. (laughs) As we've discussed. Yes. Yes. Right. Then we get read between the lines there. So, and that's, that's the other thing, right? Oh my goodness, right? This is like the the Bible in a microcosm right here. God promises to bless Abraham and multiply him. And what does Abraham do? He goes and knocks up his wife's servant because he's not patient enough to wait for God to do what he said. So God, who is perfect and can swear by himself as the sovereign of all things promises to Abraham that he's going to bless him and multiply him. And Abraham's like, yeah, well I'm 90 and uh, well, she's kind of cute. So I'm going to take care of this myself and goes off and gets her pregnant. And God still follows through on his promise anyways. Yep. And there's obvious, there's obvious consequences and fallout from that. Right. So we can't overlook that. But God still, even though he promised something to Abraham and Abraham went off and did his own thing on his own time because he couldn't wait, God still delivers on his promise. He still holds up his end of the bargain. He still Mm -hmm. chooses to bless somebody who before uh, he had uh, Ishmael wasn't perfect, wasn't worthy, wasn't deserving. And God doesn't change his promise, even though Abraham has then subsequently proven himself not worthy, not perfect, right? So God's, God's promise doesn't change based on Abraham's ab- uh, you know, ability to, to trust or, or actions that distrust God. God's promise stays the same. And that's, I, that encourages me. Yeah, well, yeah, And not like because, you know, the Bible's all about making us feel good and encouraging us as much as Christian radio may tell you that, that that's really all it's all about. Family friendly and encouraging music, Dave. <laughs> but there is something to be said for God choosing to do something and sticking with it and his ability, as scripture says elsewhere, to take what 
we have done and turn it for good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we just had technology revolt against us and we had to stop recording and uh, try and fix things. So my train of thought and henceforth our discussion got absolutely derailed by technology. So sorry, but we're going to do our best to carry on. And um, yeah, we're just going to roll with it. So back to our uh, uh, previously scheduled programming. Because so so my thought is going to be completely random from Hebrews six that we were talking about because Cam talked about, um, you know, we have sometimes Christians, we have this mentality of, you know, the Bible is to make us feel good and to encourage us. And uh, it's it's actually an article from a few years ago, but uh, CCLI, which is like Christian licensing, they license all the worship mm-hmm. and praise music. Uh, they... So that's their job is, is they license Christian music to make sure that the artists get their uh, proper dues when we sing their songs and that sort of thing. They did a, they did a study and they found that ACDC's song Highway to Hell is sig- quote, significantly more accurate than over 96% of the 800 songs that they compared in terms of worship that we sing and, and listen to on the radio, uh, while modern um, uh, uh, what while modern worship songs tend to contain little theology, an anemic view of sin, and a poor understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit, Highway to Hell has a very biblical view of the doctrine of hell. <laughs> Lead singer Bon Scott had a clear understanding of man's natural inclination towards sin and the inevitable judgment of God that follows. And then so it goes on and on and on um, just about how, and then it, this is one of the quotes that I think is very funny. Well, it's funny and it's tragic. It's better than that song that keeps inviting the Holy Spirit in like he's some kind of coy puppy dog. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know that song. Yes. So anyway, it, it just, I thought it was very interesting that, um, the very people that license worship songs did a study and I don't know, for all I know, this could be made up. And just because it's on the internet, I believe it's, it. it's not, it's not from the uh, Babylon B is it? It might be. So whether it's true or not, you all can let me know. But now I have that ACDC song stuck in my head, which is better than whatever Chris Tomlin song. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's actually, it's actually about touring. The highway to hell is how much touring mm-hmm. as a rock star actually can suck. So turn the page. Yes. <laughs> so for all so, of our listeners that we've now lost, but. Oh, no, we got ACDC and we got Bob Seger in there. Come on. Uh, and, and, and by way of that, Metallica as well. Yes, I think you are correct. So, um, but you know, uh, to get us kind of back on track, it is, you know, um, I'm thankful that we serve a big God that continues to, uh, 
awe us that continues to just reveal how awesome he is. And um, I just remember hearing a sermon in the past, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, two years ago, of just, you know, um, we need more awe in our life. And it's one of the things I appreciate about our podcast. I appreciate about our conversations is I frequently feel like the awe of God and just the, how awesome he is, um, inevitably comes through. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm appreciative of that. I enjoy that. Um, I'm grateful that God is who he is. So it's what makes us able to do this for six years and, have hit on three, four books of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and e- even the term like awe and right, awesome, that is yeah. a, well, so awesome, very overused, right? To be in awe of something, I think very underused. And not that that's a bad thing. Like there are some words that should be reserved for very, very specific context mm-hmm. right and you know, if, if another dig on christian radio if, if they would save the good songs <laughs> and play them f- infrequently they would be better instead of playing them every 12 songs but um i don't know why i'm digging on christian radio this episode i genuinely don't care but that just seems to be the, the low-hanging fruit. But my, my point here, if, if I can try and make one, is this concept, right, of the awe of God. Like, we don't really hear that. We hear the glory of God, mm-hmm. the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the wrath of God, right? But being in awe of something, like I think of the the old 90s, you know, contemporary Christian song, I stand in <laughs> awe of you, right? Um, and it's cheesy, but the the word awe, and it's a weird word. It just sounds like you're yawning. <laughs> but to be in awe of something or someone like God is like truly to be standing in the presence of something that you cannot wrap your mind, your heart around. It defies logic. It is something that you simply cannot do anything but just look at and admire for the sheer sheer grandiosity and beauty of it, right? Some people will stand in awe at the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Or my cousin who climbed Kilimanjaro, I'm sure when he was on the summit of Kilimanjaro, stood and looked at across Northern Africa and was like, holy cow, right? (laughs) Just in awe of a view that he never, you can't imagine something like that until you've seen it, Mm -hmm. you know? And the awe a parent might feel when they see their child born. And it goes from something you had hoped would happen to something that took nine months to grow inside of your spouse to the moment when they're born. And, and that, that, that momentous occasion where you connect with your child for the very first time and you realize, Oh my gosh, that's my kid. Right. And, and, and the awe of the moment and the awe of creating a life and just the, the, 
the overwhelming bigness, if I can make a word up, of the moment, of something that is so much larger than yourself. Mm -hmm. For once, you're not focused on me, what I want, what I need, what makes me feel good, and you see somebody else, and you just you only want them to be happy, to be safe, to be loved, to be cared for, right? And to think that way about God, I don't know about you, Dave, is not regular for me. No. No. Because often I'm like, God's good. (laughs) He's God. (laughs) You know? And to, you know, do I often, do I often marvel at God's goodness? Yes. At God's willingness to forgive? Absolutely. At God's willingness to go the extra mile to do what he had to do so that we could be his children? Yeah. But do I often just sit and contemplate God by himself, not his actions, not his word, but just him, and just marvel at him? Apart from what he's done, apart from what he said, apart from what he's created, and just think, he exists. Yeah. <laughs> that should be enough to floor me. But we get so caught up in the details and so caught up in, in all the other stuff, trying to look good for him, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think there is there's something inherent in in this conversation of all of that is good and fine. But we should never lose our sense of awe when we think of God alone. Yeah, and I've been I've been it's kind of tricky. Yeah, well I so I've been reading Second, I think it's Second Samuel, Second Chronicles. There's a lot of the same stories that mm-hmm. parallel, and I I am <laughs> in awe of David's ability to worship God and just truly like, uh, um. I, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on particular what I <laughs> read today, uh, you know. But it was one of these. Oh, he he, and I don't even understand it. But he he counted the number of of, um, basically how many fighting men were there in Israel and how many fighting men were there in in Judah, and God didn't like it. Like he didn't do what he like. And like I said, I read it. I didn't spend a ton of time on it. But what just stood out to me was the way God way is the way David responded to God in terms of making a sacrifice and building an altar and proclaiming who God was and you know um, and my point being is is when I'm convicted of sin, my natural response is not to be in awe and celebrate who God is and how awesome he is. 
And I see yeah. David do that time and time again. You know, he certainly laments. He certainly has his low moments, but he always has this ability to kind of, and I mean, he did some jacked up stuff. <laughs> I mean, like when you really start looking at it, you're preach, like, Dave, preach. So, um, but again, I, I, I am, I am taken back by his ability to rejoice in who God is and how awesome God is. And I know that's missing in my life. And I am going to say, I'm going to lump a lot of us in together. Of I just, Christians don't function that way. Um, it seems like, but gospel of sin yeah, management no, I, versus true forgiveness and grace. Yeah. And, and I will certainly second that, right? Like if, if I am, if I am particularly in a not good space, right. And you know, I, I, I can, I can write out, I sinned in these ways today. Boom, 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 boom. My reaction is not to run to God. My reaction is to bury myself and try and isolate myself from God mm-hmm. because I'm not worthy or, you know, it, it, it's not, it, and it's so much about me. It's not even a, like I remove God from the equation mm-hmm. and I punish myself mm-hmm. and I beat up on myself. And I can just see like God on the other side of the door, like, are are you are you done yet? <laughs> like, like knocking. Like, did did you fall in? Because you know I can help you out with that too. And it it like not to make light of it, which I I tend to often do, and you know I apologize for that. But there there is this this concept, right? Like Jesus already died for it, and me wallowing in my sin or my self-pity or my self-hatred uh, or shame or guilt, that's just Satan getting extra body blows in, going for the knockout, right? And God's in the corner like, dude, we, are, we got that covered. Like, it's done. It's over with. It's done. And, you know, like, I had the opportunity to preach a while back at church which was amazing. And, you know, one of, one of the things that, that I talked about was this very concept of like, when we carry our baggage of sin, you know, past sin, past shame, past guilt, past mistakes, the only reason we're carrying it is because we choose to carry it. Mm-hmm. And the only one that, the only one that's holding on to it is us. Like we're not, we're not, God's not carrying it with us. Mm -hmm. That, that sin was carried and paid for at the cross 2000 years ago. And, and so for us to carry that and to, to wallow in it and to hold on to it as like some sort of badge of, you know, uh, determination or shame or whatever is literally to tell Jesus what you did on the cross wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. It may have been good enough for other people, but my sin's extra special and I need more. And we can be selfish, Dave, but saying that out loud seems absurd. (laughs) Yeah. 
But that's what we're doing. You know, we, we're, we're telling Jesus what he did wasn't enough. And when you put it that plainly, it kind of calls out the ridiculous nature of what it is to, to, to run from God in your moments of, of, of shame, of guilt, of sin, and to not do what David did in the good times, right? Mm -hmm. Which is to say, holy cow, I screwed up. God, you're good. God, you're great. You know, God, you love me. Please forgive me. Keep my enemies away from me. Help me to, you know, to chase after you. Like all, all of that stuff. And I just, I so, I, I, I appreciate in my life the people that push me in that direction. That, that push me towards God. Even in my moments of weakness. Even in my moments of, of poor decision making, right? That, that they are pushing me towards God and, and not pushing me into isolation because I do that enough on my own. Mm -hmm. yep. We're still in just verse 15, aren't we? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 16 says, for people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So God sees the whole, I swear in my mother's grave, you know, yada, 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 right? All that. Okay, so I'll give you an oath, right? So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. So God does all of this. What? Not to brag about himself, not to make himself look awesome, but so that we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us, mm -hmm. which we talked about back in chapter four. Yes. That we have a great high priest mm -hmm. who, when we are need help in our most, our time of need, that we can draw close to the throne of mercy because he understands where we're coming from. He understands what we've been through, right? So in these two moments that we've read so far, when God is swearing by himself because there is no higher authority, or when God is delivering an oath by his own authority because there is no greater authority, he doesn't do it to make himself look better or to make us look worse. He does both of those things for our benefit. Which, to your point earlier, Dave, just absolute humility. Just bonkers, man. 19 goes on to say, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, which is the Holy of Holies, where God was in the, in the, in the Jewish temple, right? The tabernacle, where they would literally tie a rope around the priest in case he went in there sinful and died and they had to drag him mm -hmm. as a dead body out, right? So let me read that again. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Anchor of the soul. What a great phrase, right? <laughs> yeah. Something that is going to hold our our what we are at our core, 
our, our essence, what life is, not our body, not our mind, but the, the, the very essence of who we are, the thing that is going to tie that to reality, to tie it to truth. A steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, which gets into what I just mentioned about the high priest. But the, the key thing there is that Jesus has gone as a forerunner so that when we walk through those doors, when we go behind the curtain, when God sees us because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he doesn't see Cam the sinner. Cam walks in clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And so when God looks on me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. When God looks on Dave, when God looks on you, listener, who like what Jesus accomplished on the cross when he went before us into death, when he went before us into resurrection, all of that leads the way so that we can be sons and daughters of God in a way that God can look on us and his wrath is appeased and he does not see our history of sin because that is forgiven, it is taken care of, it is paid for, it is done and over, it is water under the bridge. He looks on us and he sees the righteousness of Jesus. He sees perfect sons and daughters. And though I guarantee you we do not feel like that most days because we live currently in the world, God has this really, really, really pesky way of being outside of time, which <laughs> gives him an incredible vantage point. That though right now, February 9th, as we record this 2021, we may feel like we are trapped in circumstances that we don't know the way out of, that we are trapped in sin, that we are feeling the cycle of shame. God, at this exact moment, is able to look on you and me and Dave and see the perfected son and daughter of Christ bearing the righteousness of Jesus in all of its glory. And that is what we hold on to. That is the hope that we have. And that is why we cannot hide in isolation in our sin and pile sin on top of us to separate us from God in this self-defeating cycle. It is why, like Dave said, we have to follow in the good footsteps of David, not in the bad footsteps of David. And when we are in those moments, cry out to God to reach out, to get closer, to push into it. Amen. I like Hebrews, Dave. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, I mean, it's just there's because there's like even this just um, dichotomy. This, um, you know, the reality of, I mean, like what we are talking about is not a small matter in terms of going behind the curtain, like <laughs> what you were saying in terms of no. like it was like our sin brought death. Like mm -hmm. what you're talking about it not being in the proper place and going behind that curtain into the Holy of Holies where Jesus has gone. We go, like you said, it, it, it ended in death. Like you died. Yeah. And that was the guaranteed outcome. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So how crazy is that? Just, Yeah can't even comprehend that well and it's there's there's something there in what you just said right that jesus went before us and now 
the place that had I entered it or you entered it, right? Yeah. Would have sure would have surely led to death. Now that place is the place where we get to experience the presence of God. Like the the absolute reversal of um I say fortune, that's not even the right word because it's not up to luck, right? But the the exact reversal of outcome is is the definition of God's grace, right? That a place that assured me death beforehand is now the place that assures me life eternal mm-hmm. because of what Jesus has done. So I can follow Jesus through that curtain full of confidence, knowing that what awaits me on the other side is eternal life because of what he has done mm-hmm. and not eternal death because of what I have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, outside of Jesus and his grace and what he's done for me, I'm pretty sure, uh, in fact, I'm confident that there was no point in my time on this earth where I would have been able to go into that. Like, I don't think I would have ever been able to go in. Like, never. Like, I don't think I've ever been at a place that those high priests were. Now, granted, there's stuff with the law and them following it and all that. But, yeah, just that, I guess, realization of never do I think I was ever at a place where I could have entered in there. And and that even and that in my goes best moments, the fact, right? And that goes back to the fact that Jesus had to die, mm-hmm. right? Because, like I said earlier, if we if as we cling on to that garbage, trying to 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 fix it ourselves, we're telling Jesus what he did wasn't necessary. And there's not to your point, there's not a single moment uh-uh. in our lives where what Jesus did for us was unnecessary if the end goal is for us to be reunited with God at every, at every moment of our lives, what Jesus accomplished on the cross is Mm -hmm. necessary. Yep. Absolutely. We didn't even talk about Melchizedek. (laughs) We just mentioned his name. (laughs) Just saying parents to be. Pretty solid choice for your kid. Call Mel for short. <laughs> that goes well. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Um man, that's chapter six. Well, the end of it at least. Yeah. Sweet. So thank you so much uh for taking the time to join us for episode one eighty one of the Masterclass podcast. Um I thought that was rather enjoyable. Oh, I'm not going to tell you what to. Th- <laughs> yeah, I think Dave and I are we're feeling good about this one, but I'm not going to tell you how to feel about it. You get to feel about it how you wish. Uh, if you want to, um, it would be super cool if you left a review um, of the podcast, whether that's you know iTunes or Google or Spotify or or wherever you happen to to come across this episode. Um, a review would be wonderful and. Honest reviews are all that we ask for. We don't ask for reviews very often, but if you're going to leave one, make it honest. And if that's a one star or a three star or a five or whatever rating system, just an honest review would be great. Yep. Also, you can find show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 181. Or if you're listening, you know, um, 
on your phone or tablet or computer, you've already, you, well, you're listening to it, so you found the show notes. They're there. Swipe, click, move around. You'll find them. You're smart. You can do it. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find links to stuff we talked about. Also, um, links to email us, to call us on the phone, or to, uh, I think, Twitter or Instagram. I don't even remember. There's links. Get in touch. Now, I will say this. We mention the phone number every episode, and and no one's called in a in a while, which that's fine. But I want to say this: we haven't been playing voicemails, not because we don't want to, <laughs> because we haven't gotten any. And while that sounds really sad. It's okay, but the point is, is if you want to call and leave a voicemail where you ask a question or you offer a rebuttal or you share your thoughts on something, go ahead and do it. Unless you say something really, really vulgar or just really, really weird, we'll probably put it on the show as a way to to, to engage in discussion. So please don't take the, the fact that there hasn't been any voicemails played in a while as us being super sensory or having strong censorship. I don't even know how to use that phrase. But the point is, if you have a thought, an idea, a rebuttal, a suggestion, a question, uh, a pushback, go ahead and record a voicemail on the number and let's engage in some conversation because as much as Dave and I love talking (laughs) together, which clearly we do, having other voices and opinions and experiences as part of the conversation would be wonderful. So that's that episode over david farewell and thank you sir see you later bye guys